Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Well, I want to share with you something that happened. It's a pretty interesting story. Around uh, three-ish years ago, I have a friend uh, who actually is the senior pastor of a very, very large uh, megachurch, around 5,000 people uh, in a mid-sized city in Texas. And he offered to bring me and some of our leaders over to his congregation to train us in different areas, in, in youth ministry, in children's ministry, etc. cetera. Uh, and I know that I have much to learn, including senior leadership. Uh, I was going to be taught by him and some of his other senior leaders because, listen, I know that we have a lot to learn. I don't, I don't have uh, all the answers, that's for sure. Ask my wife. Okay, and so in any case, we had myself. It was Dara, Mark, Amber, Jesus, Maria. Okay, all six of us, we were, we were headed out to this uh, kind of mid-sized Texas town to be trained for about, I don't know, Dara, maybe it was like two and a half days or so of intensive training from these people who have more experience than we do about these kinds of things. And we were all very excited about this training road trip. And, and so what we did is we, we left after Shabbat, after the Shabbat services. And how it would work is this. We had to fly uh, American Air Airlines connecting through Dallas to our final city. Uh, and so we, we, we had our wonderful Shabbat service here, and we kind of took off, changed clothes, went to the airport so we could make it down to uh, to get the, the flight to Dallas, and then we would connect from Dallas to the next city. And so we, we were all so excited, and we all got down there, and we were there at the airport, Atlanta airport, and, but we were on American. Now, listen, I, I normally fly Delta. Probably many people in Atlanta fly Delta uh, because it's the big hub. And so American doesn't have a lot of flights out of Atlanta, and that makes sense. And, and so it was a little unusual. And I have, uh, at that time, I had a special... Uh, flying status with Delta. And so I could, you know, every long once in a while, I'd get an upgrade on Delta. And, and I had some, the, the smallest amount of pull you could possibly have, but maybe at least a little bit because I flew them fairly often. And, uh, and there we were in the Atlanta airport, though. This was uh, for this American flight to Dallas, which connected. And, and there was, and, and we got there and, and they, we saw the thing on the, uh, the board that said, flight is delayed. And we're like, oh, great, flight's delayed. And we're like, okay, well, now, to this, to this next city, there's only one more flight tonight. We got, we got to make it tonight because the program started in the morning. And so how we, get, we, we got to make this flight. We got to make the connection. And so we kept watching the board and delayed. You know, you know how those delays happen when you're on a delayed flight? 
first it's delayed 20 minutes, then it's, then you wait. And it's like, can't they just tell you at first if they think, no, it's delayed 20 minutes, then it's going to be delayed 40 minutes, then it's delayed an hour and 10 minutes, and then it's delayed two hours. And at this point, we're thinking, oh my gosh, we're going to miss our connection. And, uh, and, and, and time passes, and then it's going to be delayed even longer while sitting there. And then, I don't know, after we've been waiting there, I'm not exactly sure how long it was, maybe two and a half hours, three hours, we were waiting there. And then they kind of, then they, they talked and they made the announcement, it looks like we're going to cancel the flight uh, completely. And everybody was like, oh, and you could hear the, the, the reaction from everybody seating in the waiting area. Oh, people were just like, what? And they're like, come up here and we'll give you vouchers for hotels and stuff like that. And we're like, if we miss this flight, we're going to miss the whole program because they had it all organized for us. And, and it would not even work if, if we were to get there midday next day with the connection to take too much time. And, 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 and so we're like, oh, you know, are you kidding? And, 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 and so people just flooded the ticket counter to get their little vouchers for hotels and, and, and for uh, whatever, meal vouchers, and, and everybody was really peeved. There was a great distress amongst everybody at the, at the gate at the airport. And we were there, and, and, and I'm like, you know, this is really not good. And I, it's, we're all excited to be trained. We never have anything like this uh, opportunity. And, and so we went, and I went up to the to, to counter, and I, I had been asking them all along, trying to use my uh, airline skills. Uh, and, and, but I was really nice, and I was asking them all along, what's the status? And I said, are you sure this flight's going to be canceled? And they said, well, it's not an absolute done deal, but it's it's, it's, it's pretty pretty definite deal. Uh, and, and everybody was already in line. And I was just really nice to the people. And time goes on and, and, the, and the, the counter empties out finally. We're just waiting there because we figure, well, hold on. Maybe if we, maybe if we fly to Dallas, then maybe we can, because we, we figured that by this time we'd miss our connection. But maybe we could rent a car in Dallas and then drive to the place uh, three hours, two and a half, three hours away uh, from Dallas Maybe we'll just drive there, and we'll get there late at night, and it'll be, we'll be tired, but at least we can do that. And so this is kind of what we were thinking, but then the flight to Dallas is supposed to be canceled, and so it was just, it, it, was, it was turned out to be like about as miserable a start as you can possibly have to a trip. It was just miserable. Dara remembers it well, and, and so do the others. Uh, and, uh, and so the line cleared out, and, and people picked up their bags, and we were like one of the last people and uh, there, were, there were, you know, some people still in the gate area just hoping that they would have the flight actually, but we waited another half hour or so, and then they said, oh, it looks like we may be able to have the flight after all. And I'm like, oh, really? And it was already late by this time. I don't remember how late the flight was. It was four or five hours late. And they said, we think we may be able to have to get the flight out tonight. And we're like, well, gosh, if we can make the flight out tonight, we'll rent a car and just all schlep over, take a three-hour drive after the flight. It'll be late at night. We won't get in until 2 one thirty, two o'clock in the morning, but at least we can do it. And we're thinking, oh gosh, and it's, it's no fun way to start off a road trip, that's for sure. But nonetheless, this is what it, it looked like. And, uh, and so then they said, yes, we are going to have the flight. And we're all like, wow, great. And I'm thinking, wow, two thirds of the people who are on this flight have already left. Uh, and so then I think, you know what, let me see if I can get a little blessing for um, at least a couple of our people. So I, but I go up to the front counter, and I've talked to the people at the front counter a few times, and, and, and I said, you know, listen, our group, we have a group we've been waiting a long time. You know, I've talked to you a lot over, and is there any chance that you might be able to do anything for us, so to speak? And, 
And uh, I remember the guy looked at me and was like, you know, you've come up here a number of times. I've had a lot of dissatisfied people here at my counter. He said, tell me about your group. I said, we've got six. We're, we're you know, in ministry. We're doing it. He said, let me have, do you have your six tickets? And I said, sure. And he, I handed him six tickets. And he said, okay, give me just a minute. And he started doing, found the computer. And then he said, here you go. And he hands me six tickets. He upgraded all six of us to first class. Wow. He upgraded all six of us to first class. I'm telling you something. I've been upgraded before. I've even had two people upgraded before. But never in my entire life have I gotten six people upgraded to first class. Altogether, it was like unbelievable. And so and so it went back. I went back to everybody and I said, guys, listen, take a look at this. And everybody's in first class. And everyone was like, what? Wow. You know, listen, it was only a couple hour flight. It's not the biggest deal in the world. But man, it was still something nice in the midst of this, this very difficult time. And, 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 and we still got in very late. You have to understand, we still had to drive from Dallas for three hours or so, but it was an amazing time. And the first class blessing was a real silver lining in a tough day. It was a silver lining in a very hard day. And, and truthfully, the three-hour car ride you'll remember too, that was a lot of fun. So we had a great time and it turned out to be a great trip that we enjoyed and we learned a lot from and some things that I'm taking even to this day. In fact, that's one of the places I called when we started streaming to get some counsel from as to, as to how to do it uh, and that kind of thing. But that was the, but that, the first class, it was so fun to have the Bethlehem contingent all in the first class seats on this, uh, this airline. It was like surreal almost. Uh, and it was just a lot of fun, a real silver lining. You know, in the Bible, we read about uh, a person, his name is Joseph, very famous person. A lot of the, the book of Genesis is taken up with this man, Joseph, and about how he was sold. You remember how Joseph was sold by his brothers into slavery. Uh, of course, Joseph, one of the 12 sons of Jacob, one of the 12 tribes, the, his window is right over here, I'm looking at it. And, and he was sold by his brothers into slavery. And, and listen, when you're sold by your brothers into slavery, friends, that's about as cold as you can get. You can't get much worse than that, man. Your brothers sell you into slavery. And about how eventually, of course, he was sold to Potiphar in Egypt. And he found great favor there. And then unfairly, again, of course, he was falsely accused of attacking Potiphar's wife. And we'll pick up the story now in Bereshith, Genesis chapter 39, starting in verse 19. And we'll hear, we'll pick up the story of what's going on with Joseph. It says, when his master heard the story his wife told him, saying, this is how your slave, being Joseph, treated me, he burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. Wow. I mean, think about being Joseph. That's really tough. That's really brutal. Talk about a bad season. Here was somebody who was a slave to start with, put in slavery unfairly by his brothers to start with, had found a level of favor, and then somehow, through no fault of his own, finds himself in an even more dire situation. How, how dire can you get? But that's the situation that Joseph was in. He was in a bad shape. He was in bad shape, y'all. It was not good. I don't know if you've noticed. 
But 2020 has been a tumultuous year so far. I don't know if anybody's noticed this. Maybe it's just me who's picked up on this. I'm not saying that's some great prophetic insight. Thank you very much. No, I, I think that probably it's uh, obvious to everybody. This has been a very tumultuous year. I'm finding that people are on edge. People overall are on edge, much more than usual. There's an undercurrent of discontent and, and uncertainty. And, and, and I talked a month or two ago about the angst. There's a lot of angst out there. You know, from, from the virus, which, by the way, is looking to make a comeback. Oh, my goodness. I've seen some of the numbers in, in Georgia. Even this week, they've been really high. To racial tensions, to cultural upheaval, to unemployment, to political extremism, to isolation, to lack of fellowship, a close fellowship amongst our mishpacha. Wow, you know, our country is in a storm right now. This is a hurricane. This is like a spiritual hurricane that we're in the midst of, without question. We are in a dire situation. But I want to tell you something. And this is something that you need to hear today. And I'm going to continue in verse 20 from the story about Joseph, who was just thrown in prison. And it says this, But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. I want for you to understand something, my friends. Joseph was still in prison, and he would still remain in prison for years, years, as a slave, no less. But my friend, the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. The Lord is with you. And eventually, of course, it just so happened, not coincidence, that he happened to meet Pharaoh's cupbearer in prison and it interpreted a dream for him which eventually, long story short, led him to doing so for Pharaoh himself, interpreting a dream for Pharaoh, and then becoming a ruler in Egypt. This is what happened to Joseph. So here was Joseph. You got to picture this, and you got to look at this, and you got to understand it, because as meaning for us in our lives today, here was Joseph in jail as a slave, but yet he found favor there. Even in the midst of this dire situation, this is a silver lining even in a dark storm. Joseph was going through about as dark a storm as a human being can go through while still living. And yet, there were these silver linings that the Lord was bringing into his life in the midst of this dark storm. And he found favor, and there were blessings even in the midst of it. And then eventually we know what happens, of course, because his brothers eventually came to him to survive the famine. And by this time, Joseph was a ruler in Egypt. 
because he had rightly interpreted Pharaoh's dreams and found favor in Pharaoh's eyes. And Joseph revealed himself to his brothers because his brothers didn't even recognize him because he looked all Egyptian. He was a number two in all of Egypt under Pharaoh at that point. And he reveals himself to his brothers, verse 5 of chapter 45 of Genesis. It says, And now, Joseph is talking to his brothers, And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. Continuing in verse 8, So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household and ruler of all Egypt. My goodness, what, what a story. They'd reject that in Hollywood as being too unrealistic. Nobody believe it. This, this Hebrew slave and prisoner becomes number two in all of Egypt, the most powerful country in the world at the time, under Pharaoh. See, friends, there was a silver lining to this cloud. And he eventually, what, he saw his father Jacob again, his brothers, he was restored to his family. Whenever we go through turmoil, we have to look for the silver linings. This is something that we need to do. This is something that you need to do in your life right now, no matter what it is that you're going through, because they are there along the way. If we're open to it, if we're looking for them. At the same time, we have to remember that Joseph spent 13 years as a slave and as a prisoner. 13 years as a slave and a prisoner. That's a long time. That's a long thunderstorm. That's a long dark cloud. That's a long dark cloud, y'all. 13 years. But even then, along the way, God gave him favor and there were silver linings. Chavarim, we have to be on the lookout for such things. I'm telling you, wherever you are today watching this from, you have to be on the lookout for the silver linings that God brings to even dark, dire situations. And might I say that sometimes we can even put ourselves in a more favorable position to find silver linings. Sometimes, whether or not we see and receive the silver linings depends upon our own attitude and depends upon if we are looking and what we're doing. It's interesting, uh, one of our members shared a testimony this past week in our corporate prayer meeting, and it was a wonderful testimony. And the, this member is a mom of adult children, and she had lost relationship. She had lost a relationship with one of her sons. And you could tell that she was heartbroken about it. I mean, she was really heartbroken. It, I mean, a mother's heart. And to have a broken relationship with her adult son, it was, it was devastating to her. But with the virus, corona, COVID-19, and the dangers of it more prominent the more we age, the son let his guard down and reconnected with his mother. 
he reconnected with his mother. And as she was telling us as a praise report about how her son had reconnected with her, she began to weep. She just began to weep with tears of joy, talking about how thankful she was that her son had reconnected with her. Here we are in the middle of trials, tribulations, and even, yes, death. And yet, in the midst of it all, there was a breakthrough in a family's relationship. There was a breakthrough. The beginnings of a healing. Now that's a silver lining, my friends, and I celebrate with her. I celebrate with her. Even in the midst of all the devastation. That's a real praise report. I'm so thankful. At the same time, sometimes we need to look for those silver linings because they may not be readily apparent. If you've lost your job, for example, you should certainly be putting a lot of time and effort into finding a new one. Of course, we've got a number of members who are out of work right now, and I'm praying for you. And, and Mishpacha, please, if you have a job right now, pray for our members who are looking for work because they're hurting right now. And, and we're giving out a benevolence and we're, we're trying to, and people are, you know, trying their best to make it and, and they're looking for work. Try hard to find a job. If you know of another opportunity, a job, let another member know is looking for one. Okay, so for sure, you should be looking for a job wholeheartedly. But, but, but we need to look for these silver linings, even in the midst of things like being laid off. You have to consider the fact that maybe you have some unexpected time to perhaps begin reading your Bible more faithfully or perhaps praying more regularly because for this season, for this moment, you have a little more time on your hands. So whilst you're looking for work, which you should be doing, maybe this is an opportunity to begin rebuilding your time of reading the Word or re, re, begin rebuilding your time of prayer unto the Lord. And if so, that's a silver lining, my friends. This could develop into something that could change the rest of your life for the better. Other people may be at home more since there's still limited human interaction. Are you taking this opportunity because people are more kind of cloistered at home are you taking this opportunity to spend more time with your family? Are you reaching out to your children? Are you reaching out to your parents like this, this young man did? Are you reaching out to your mishpacha to make connections? We're all so busy usually. They, who has time to do hardly anything? Maybe you have a little bit of time now. Maybe not a lot. You're still, some of you are still very busy. But even people who are working hard, there's not as many activities going on in the evenings and on the weekends as, as typical. Are you taking advantage of this time to build some relationships? Are you going to go to your chavarah tomorrow, even if you've never been? Because I want to tell you that there are stories, hear me, hear me on this now, I'm not, I'm not prophesying, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that there are stories that will come out of this pandemic era here that are going to be life-changing in a good way too. 
life-changing. There are going to be things that come out of this pandemic that are going to be life-changing for the better. Is that going to be you? Is that going to be you? Well, part of it has to do with you. Are you going to take advantage of this opportunity to make some changes in your life for the better? And yes, you may be the key influence that decides whether or not there are silver linings to this cloud. And I'm not saying that that doesn't mean that these aren't hard times. The times were hard for Joseph. The times are still hard. It's still a storm. But maybe there's something that you can take if you're looking for it. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. You know this. Many of you know this passage. It's very apropos for this season that we're in right now. As And we know that in all things... God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Mm, That is some good stuff. You know that scripture well. But also take care because it's not as some people misread the scripture to be. Some people take that scripture and just jump out of context. It does not say that all things are God's will. Oh, whatever happens, it's God's will. Are you kidding me? Take a look at the world. Friends, a lot of what happens is not the will of God. That's crystal clear. It's one of the reasons Yeshua models for us during his prayer. Part of the prayer is, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's a prayer. If it were guaranteed, he wouldn't even have to pray it. No, no, friends. Look around. Not everything is in the will of God. It also doesn't mean that all things that happen to us are good for us. It doesn't mean that. There are things that happen that are not good and that are not good on us. It does not mean this. But it does mean this. (laughs) Even in hard situations, hello? Even in painful things that are not your fault, that happen to you, that are not part of the will of God. Even in very difficult times, God will work for your good if you love God and are doing things according to God's purpose. Ooh, somebody say amen. I need an amen in here. I needed an amen track. You know, you know how you have a drum track where, you know, a little uh, snare, a hi-hat thing? No, no, no. Man, I need an amen track. Somebody say amen, amen. You know, do you the crowd? We'll get a little, uh, uh, you know what? And also, Chris, I'd love a laugh track at my jokes because I clearly need that. Because, in fact, come to think of it, I need a laugh track for my jokes even when we have people in here. Because sometimes, you know, it's a hit and miss thing. Sometimes, you know, I get the response. Sometimes it's the crickets. I need, I need a little button here that I can just press. Ha, 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 that's good, Rabbi. Ha, ha, you're funny. Okay, maybe not. Uh, so, so we see here that there can be silver linings in almost any situation. Why? Because God is with you. God is looking 
to, to help you. And, and things work together for your good if you love him and are called according to his purpose. Are you called according to his purpose? In other words, you've got to be doing something that is in the will of the Lord. And then we're going to see that all things work together for the good. Even hard things, even the difficult things, even the things that are not initially in the will of God, the Lord will take care of you. He is with you. Philippians chapter 1. Remember Rabbi Shaul, Paul the Shaliach, was in prison, hello, for teaching about Yeshua. And yet even in prison, he is inspiring others to share the good news, even while he's in prison. Absolutely amazing. This guy was remarkable. Let's read in Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Messiah. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and, and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Wow. That's absolutely amazing what Rabbi Shaul uh, the, uh, the shaliach is saying here, in spite of hard circumstances, the silver lining to Paul's unjust imprisonment was that he was inspiring others to proclaim Yeshua. That is a big silver lining, my friends. That's a big silver lining. But Paul had to have an attitude that was, oh, oh hear this, hear this, beloved, hear this. Gosh, this is important. This really resonates with what we're going through right now. Paul had to have an attitude that was no, not self-centered, that all he could think about and talk about was his own dire situation. Now, that's some, that's some preaching right there, and that's some stuff that you, if you don't watch your shoe shine there, you know, make sure your, your flip-flops on the lazy boy, whatever. Watch out, I'm stepping on toes here, I know, okay? You, this, this is really the truth. It's very easy in this season to become very self-absorbed and, 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 to, and to think like, woe is me. And, and now, now, here was Paul who was in prison for no good reason. And what did he do? He said, wow, praise God, the, the, the good news of Messiah Yeshua is going out even more. And in part, because I'm in, because I'm in here, I'm in chains because of Messiah's sake, and it's inspiring other people. This isn't right. We got to tell people about Yeshua. And so here he was celebrating what is a silver lining, a silver lining to a cloud because he was still in prison and for a long time. Not Not fair. All of you members, all of you members will know what I'm talking about when I say that I've been talking about streaming our services online for many years now. I mean, <laughs> for many years I've been talking about that because Zaya's nodding her head. It's true. I, I, would, I would oftentimes say in, in the messages before streaming, I'd oftentimes say that my bad jokes were the reason that were reason enough that I didn't want to go online, right? It's like, you know, it's, it's bad enough that I have to subject all of you to my bad humor, but, but, but the whole world? No, uh, you know, and so I would joke about that, but it was my goal eventually to go online, but honestly, it wasn't a priority. 
I did not aspire to it. Uh, and so we really didn't do it. It was always on the list to do. And people would nudge me. Uh, hey, Rabbi, come on. We need to do online services. People are doing it. It's like, oh, okay, yes, it's on the list. It's very low on the list. But it's on the list. It really isn't. A, and it's just I know it's a lot of uh, effort. And I just didn't, I don't, I don't need that. I didn't need that. I wasn't looking for that. Then, boom, COVID-19 hit. It hit like a brick. And suddenly, didn't it? You remember? So suddenly and unexpectedly, if we didn't offer services online, the flock would not be spiritually fed that quick. So we scrambled. Man, when I say we scrambled, friends, it was a scramble. It was an all-out scramble. And I can't thank Ross and Jeremy and Chris and Dara in those early days and then Jesus and Keziah and Danny and Jason and Damien began helping as well, as well as our service leaders, our, our psalmists, cantors, and then the streams started going out on YouTube. They started going out each week. Shabbat to the max, which I love. Okay, they started going out. I had no idea what would happen, but you all started watching. You all started watching. Our Bethlehem Mishpacha started watching. But then you started to spread it. You started posting it on social media and sending it to links to friends, to neighbors, to people who maybe didn't know Yeshua, to, to other people in other cities and other places, even all around the world. You started sending the links far and wide, and soon we had people watching from literally all over the world. Before our service today, uh, we were joking up on stage, said, what, what country are we going to say is watching this week? <laughs> because it seems like every week there's been a, some of that. And, and I said, well, actually, I'm talking about that, in, but in a little bit different terms here, because it's just each, each, each week there's more and more places all over the world watching. And they've now, and those people now have sent the links to even more people. So more people that are even further disconnected from the people who have been physically in this building are now watching these streams from all over the place. And it's absolutely awesome. Of that, there's no doubt. Why? You got to understand this. Not for Bethlehem's benefit, my friends. Not because I want to be seen on YouTube. Surely not. But because the truth of Yeshua being the Messiah is being made evident and is being shown and is being demonstrated that our Jewish people can see that you consider accepting Yeshua as your Messiah and still retain your Jewishness, that my Gentile brothers and sisters can understand the roots of the faith and lock arms, lock arms with their Jewish brothers and sisters and say, we're with you. And we're going to follow the Lord together with you. Oh, praise God for that. That's beautiful. I didn't want to start our streaming in this fashion, the way that we did it so instantly, so quick. And, and we're still working through many things. The people here know this. We're still working through a lot of issues. And, and we're still using borrowed equipment every week. The cameras we're using are borrowed at this time. However, we've just gone ahead and spent it. We spent around $30,000 or so to buy streaming equipment that is quality and that will last. And it will, it's still going to take us some time to install 
and to test. We're still weeks away from, from getting it. There's so much involved in it, more than I ever knew. And it's been so much work on the whole team, to be honest with you. But the fruit has been amazing. The fruit has been wonderful. I've talked to people in, in countries literally all over the world that have been watching and people all over America. But also, I have to say, I've, I've talked about that over the last few weeks and months and, and for sure it's gratifying. But I'm also ju just so blessed to know that our own local mishpacha here at Beth Hillel who come to this building Shabbat after Shabbat, Shabbat after Shabbat for so many years are blessed and edified. God bless you. Because I got to tell you, I love all of you and I care for you. And the Lord does even more than me. And I still don't know how long it's going to be until we can all gather together again regularly. But I do know that these streams that we're doing on YouTube are part of the silver lining for Beth Hallel. And for many of you who are watching all over, friends, it's an odd time. We normally start our new member classes in July but we're not going to be starting our new member classes anytime soon. Our membership numbers are not skyrocketing. Why? Because we're not all here. We're not here. We're not passing the, the offering bags all around. Yet you have been faithful in your tithes and offerings. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. It's heartening to see your faithfulness. May God reward you for your faithfulness. As you, as you send in, and most of you had do bill pay through your bank, and these checks just come in, and, and the, the Lord, and, and, and it's just, it's, it's uplifting to see your faithfulness. It's not about the money. It's, it's just such a blessing to see, even when we're not here, it, it, it tells me that we have dedicated people here in this congregation, and people who are watching. We've had a number of people who have begun watching and, and who are sending in gifts and, and, and through the PayPal link uh, that's on below the screen. It's, it's, it's amazing. But people are being touched and, and told the good news that Yeshua is the Messiah. And they're being encouraged and uplifted in their everyday lives as we're navigating this, this stormy water together. And, and, and we all are together in this. Mishpacha, which means family. I think that our congregation may strengthen through this trial. Sure, some may falter, but my prayer is that you seek the Lord's face. My prayer is that you seek and reach out to others. My prayer is that you seek to be a peacemaker in your life. My prayer is that you seek to speak for those without a voice, that you are kind, that you look for what is good, even in the midst of what is bad. Who knows? The Lord might even choose to surprise you with an occasional first-class seat. <laughs> it will come as no surprise but the title of my message is Silver Linings. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. 
Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethel family, please visit our website at www.bethhalel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and Shalom. Nine, nine, nine.